0: Welcome to Bring Your Own, a Catch All Bookish Most of the Time podcast. I'm Brandy. I'm Kendra. I'm Kayla. And today we have with us our very special guest, Hannah Bonham Young. Yay!
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hi, everybody. Hey,
0: Oh my gosh, we're so happy you're here. Thank you for having me. Hannah is an Amazon bestselling author from Ontario, Canada. She lives with her childhood (laughs) friend turned husband, Ben, which I literally was reading that earlier. I was like, oh, Uh, her two kids and her bulldog. Hannah writes romances featuring a diverse cast of disabled, marginalized, and LGBTQIA folks, wherein swoony-worthy storylines blend with beautiful, messy, and challenging realities of life. When not reading or writing romance, you can find her having living room dance parties with her kids or planning any occasion that warrants a cheese board. Welcome, Hannah.
1: Thank you. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, my gosh.
0: We are, like, so excited. Yeah, so we excited. all
2: read your... I know Brandy's read your entire backlist. Kayla and I have read the next series and Out on a Limb. so, like... Oh we're goodness. all locked in at Big this point. Oh yeah.
1: gosh. <laughs> I, I feel so special. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so before we jump into our questions for you, what are we reading? What are we drinking? Kayla Ann, you should go first.
3: Oh, Okay. Um, well, I have I have my water obviously, but I also have, you guys know I love my Coke Zero, so I have my cherry vanilla Coke Zero today. Ooh, fancy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And then what am I reading? I just finished um this morning One Dark Window by Rachel Gillig. Again, you guys know I'm really on my fantasy kick this year, so this is I'm really curious like by the end of the year what my like genre Like percentage is gonna look like because Mm -hmm. like obviously at the beginning of the year like contemporary romance is like eighty percent, but I feel like fantasies like might take up like a good good chunk of that this year. So and then I'm also listening to Bring Me Your Midnight, and I cannot remember the author's name, which is terrible of me. But it's another fantasy book. Shocking, I know. But tonight I'm really excited because I'm gonna start um the new sapphic Maisie Eddings book. I'm going to start the arc of late bloomer. So I'm very excited about that.
2: Um, let's see, I'll go. I am currently reading, I've been reading this book for like two weeks now at this point, I just moved apartments. So my life has been like really crazy for the past like month or so. So I am reading the third book in the I don't even know the name of the series, but it's by it's by Elizabeth O'Rourke, when she wrote under a pen name called Ella And it's her like parallel no. I think it's yeah. called the Parallel Series. Yeah. It mm-hmm. um, and it's like science fiction, time travel. The third book is called Across Time. And I'm literally on like chapter four. And I've been on chapter four for the past two weeks. Um, but everyone says that books three and four are the best. So are you listening or physically oh. reading it? So there are no audiobooks out. And I was talking Mm. to Samantha Brentmore who narrated the first two and she read the entire series and is like begging Elizabeth Orwork to like make the last two because she really wants to do them because she said the last two are her favorite too. But apparently the series isn't that uh, popular. So, but fingers crossed, like if you guys are listening to this, go read that series and then Samantha Brentmore can narrate the next two audiobooks. Samantha Brentmore and Jason Clark, right? In the first one? Yeah. And that's a good... I like um I also just did like the King all the King's Men by Kennedy Ryan like within the past within like the past two weeks too on audio and he was narrating the guy. Oh my god. That was like it's probably my favorite performance of his because he he was Maxim. Like That's I insane. felt like I knew that guy. Yeah. So reading across time and then I just started mm, Foxglove on audio, which I know Kayla's like losing her mind oh, about. Oh. I started it yesterday. She I got four like, chapters in. Y- Oh. Or like two. I don't know. I got like two, maybe three. I only got, I stopped once the, the POB switched.
3: She, mm, Kenner, and I have okay. had beef because she's been reading this, this fantasy series by Elizabeth or but she was like, I don't want to read Fox love yet. Cause I'm not okay, in a fantasy mood. And then she goes no, and reads Elizabeth or fantasy
2: series. No, you, you, Elizabeth or is science fiction. It's different. It's different. It's literally different. Okay. We'll move no. on. Sorry. We'll move on. Okay. We'll talk about it later. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: i wait any fun drinks kendra
2: oh yeah i am drinking a truly vodka soda blackberry and lemon
0: look at them reading high noons labels. are better
2: mm. yeah high noons are better but good to know there you go
0: mm-hmm. um i am currently listening to a fire endless by rebecca ross on audio scottish accents outlander vibes according to kayla i've never seen outlander Love it um it's so good i listened to the first one really fast and i just started the second one last night and i'm already like halfway through and i am physically reading an arc of salt kiss by sierra simone um which is very spicy um having a fun time so yeah i am drinking a left-hand brewing company 1265 pilsner so wow. wow beer. I know. I'm like a beer girl. I'm not like other girls. <laughs> You're so <different>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
1: Hannah, what are you reading? Um, I am almost finished a book called Give Me Butterflies by Jillian Meadows. Um, I was seeing the cover like everywhere. It's super, super cute. And I followed her on Instagram and then kind of just like made her become my friend a little bit <laughs> um like you really love your book um it's great it's super cute perfect amount of spice definitely recommend um i'm almost done but i think it's for sure five star for me but um and right now i am drinking a water but before this i had a fun drink i had a apple cider my favorite oh. is a brand called angry orchard yes, yes. oh yes uh-huh. okay yeah because it's Fall just vibes.
2: It yeah, tastes it's, like juice. it really
1: is. It's just apple juice. And yeah. I'm like, I'm so healthy. It's basically fruit. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's dangerous, exactly.
2: though, because you'll drink so many and then you're on the floor.
1: Uh-huh. So. Yeah. And my husband's like, hey, let's are the champ. Oh my gosh. They're delicious. So,
0: yeah. Love that. <laughs> we talk about this all the time. We always wonder if authors are able to read romance while they're writing romance it's just like Mm -hmm. such
1: so interesting to us definitely not no I I kind of I have until this end of this weekend coming up where I'm like trying to finish my TBR of romance reads and then Mm -hmm. uh and then I get back into writing for real for real and Mm. so um I am kind of like trying to like finish my KU reads and everything right now um but then I am probably going to I usually reread fantasy like I I don't mm-hmm. really even read anything new while I'm writing
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and my fantasy is mostly like romanticy like mm-hmm. oh yeah I will probably be rereading like ACOTAR and Fourth Wing and Bloodmark no. yeah so nothing really that yeah no I, I I think it's a common thing from what I've noticed from my fr- friends who are also writers like it's just hard to read the same genre that you're writing because then you're like was this my thought was that their thought you know you you want to make sure your stories are individualistic as much as possible and yeah doing something new so you you kind of have to like separate yourself from the genre a little bit I find that makes yeah. oh sense. my god also yeah,
2: side note Lynn manuel Lynn manuel Miranda who created <gasps> Hamilton I saw that. posted like his <laughs> summer reading he read ACOTAR this summer so now I'm like is he gonna be working on the my TV show? My and
1: I had a whole, like we went for a car ride earlier where all we talked about was what his songs would sound like. If they were <laughs> I am like so pumped! You just brought that up. I was like, other people yeah. are in this weird little subsect that I'm yeah. in. No, I, I need
0: it. I need it immediately. I saw this TikTok and they photoshopped wings onto him on the Hamilton stage, <laughs> and it was so funny. Oh my Very gosh! Funny. Can you imagine? Uh, do you
3: do you remember that that guy that like got really popular on tiktok that was like the tamlin that everybody was picking Um, and then like the 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 dancing guy no (laughs) i don't want to talk about it (laughs) sorry (laughs) sorry it just made me laugh
2: yeah Um, that was like such a shocker to everyone we're like lynn reading akatar like yeah maybe just want to see what the hype is about yeah Yeah. or disney's like hey lynn we have a project for you (laughs) the strike mm-hmm. is going on so like you know be i like think it's part of your reading list but yeah
3: <laughs> maybe he's just in his fantasy girl
1: area you guys i, I just know. find it so weird to imagine like him sitting around like reading like chapter 54. reading chapter 55 yeah before yeah. like, like, you're, you're right. right he's like yeah. staring
0: up at the soup like she gave him <laughs> soup. like i just it's really like I don't know. It it hurts
2: my brain
0: a little. Fingers crossed that he's working on a project.
2: Oh my god, he'll be yeah. he'll be Reese. Oh yeah, yeah he, he always terror. casts himself. He's getting a little <laughs> old to cast himself as the main character these days. Yeah. I mean, technically he's a little too young for Reese if we're being like wow. technical. Yeah. True. Sorry. Five like hundred year old yeah, king. Five, 500
1: years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it goes to Broadway, we'll we'll go. We'll
3: yes. Go yeah.
2: yeah. 100 percent Front row. 100 percent Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
3: not to—I don't have like a good segue for that, so I guess I'll just go right in because Speaking of Manuel <laughs>
0: and Avatar. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, I don't really know how to segue from that, so I'll just jump right into our main questions that we have for you. So you self-published your first books, the next mm-hmm. series, last year in 2022. Mm -hmm. And you recently got signed. So congratulations, first of all, that's amazing. But can you talk to us kind of about your journey, like as an indie author starting out? And then like, what was your inspiration behind that first series? Like what prompted you to write that first series?
1: Yeah. So like you said, I released my first book, Next of Kin, in June of 2022. And then the follow-up to that is Next to You. And that was November of the same year. So kind of what prompted me going down the indie route was that when I started writing, I did a lot of research into traditional publishing and indie publishing. Um, I actually queried my first book for a while, met with a few agents Um, Nothing was quite the right fit, although they were all super lovely. It just became kind of apparent to me that I had a better shot at making this my full-time gig sooner rather than later, trying the indie way. And, like, a little bit of the creative control aspect, too. That story was super near and dear to my heart, and I wanted to keep certain things the same. And so... I yeah I I released my first two books last year and then my most recent book this year was indie as well before just before I got picked up by Penguin Random House which is really exciting. That's insane. Congrats. Wow! To say out loud like every time I say it I'm like that's not real. That's (laughs) a lie. Don't lie to these people. Um, (laughs) Yeah so the journey was you know pretty much just I've always wanted to write. I was the kid that carried her journal around, I have a lot of big feelings Mm -hmm. and I got them down by writing them down and by creating stories around them and um, the inspiration for Next of Kin. So kind of to talk about Next of Kin for someone who might be listening that doesn't know is it's what I would say is like a foster guardians romance. Um, So two people who are strangers get partnered up by their local like social work network, and um, to foster their younger siblings. To qualify, they have to live together because they don't quite call- qualify on their own. And that was really just inspired by a local news story I heard when I was driving home one day. It was just this story about these two grandmothers who met on like a Reddit forum looking for advice for getting guardianship of their grandchildren. And um, they decided to move in together to qualify, and like I thought, well, wow, that's a beautiful story, and that would make a cool romance. And my husband and I have been fortunate enough to have many friends who were foster parents, and many friends who were in the foster care system, and um, some experience with the foster care system, uh, system as well. And so, just yeah, so we kind of just talked to them, and I I kind of just like got some advice, and I met with some of my social worker friends, and kind of felt like this was a story that would be important to tell and it's it's been really cool to like kind of see but that kind of just came from there and then really the next book just came from the characters that were in that first book so my characters next to you were the best friends of the characters and next of kin so it kind of just fell naturally from that
3: how long had um you been finished with Next of Kin before you just decided just to kind of do the self-publishing route? Like, as you said you were querying people, so, like, how long was that process?
1: I wrapped up Next of Kin probably September the year before, mm. um, immediately started querying it, kind of did that for about two or three months, and then I just really felt, like, I needed to, in the new year, either focus all my attention in one way or the other. And so I decided Mm -hmm. to focus with Indie. And so then it was kind of a six month process from getting into the bookstagram world. And, you know, I I didn't even have a bookstagram account before. (laughs) I was very, very new and uh, very green and had to kind of, you know, get to know what was going on and figure it out. So I think it was probably I finished it in september i probably started writing it in in the june the year before so about a year all in all bef- between starting and putting it out wow wow
2: mm-hmm. and now uh, like it's i love that you took such a big gamble and it like paid off because like now you're a household name i feel like at least in our corner of bookstagram like the, every the romance <laughs> bookstagram no, I, community. The listeners yeah. at home yeah. i just almost fell out of my chair <laughs> i was <just>, like <laughs> i giggled because Truly a Clutch
0: of the Pearls moment from Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. No, I, I, mean, I was like, I was like oh, I'm with my like, chair.
2: I feel like ever since, I would say like shortly after your first book came out, the I can't go like a week without seeing someone talk about your books. And then next, the second book came out. And then again, everyone's like, oh my God, Matt and Lane, Matt and Lane and then now out on a limb I feel like just like skyrocketed so like you like yeah, the, the fact that you came in like knowing nothing and now everyone at least again on my corner of instagram Mark I'm like the mall them all <laughs>
1: <laughs> it you got it
2: yeah I'm like I infiltrated. No.
1: though um <laughs> and
3: that's that's crazy growth just within because you said it was June 2022 right with next of yeah, kin June and so it's been like
1: a, yeah a year yeah and then yeah. out on a limb was just July so just just 13 months mm-hmm. and th- Oh, yeah.
0: I bet that's like it, a really demanding schedule with two young
1: kids. <laughs> it's not been like the easiest, yeah. <laughs> but also like nobody was making me do it other than myself. Like mm-hmm. I can't, you know. I I would say like the two young kids aspect kind of came more into play this summer. We had childcare for them that unfortunately fell through. Oh. So I released a book in July, and then they were home with me full time this summer. So it was oh like. A lot of just like really hoping and praying people read it and talked about it because I just didn't have time to, <laughs> and so like, uh, um, but yeah, out on a limb has is, is by far been my mo- most successful book released so far. It's it's now just my most successful book period. So it's which is incredible to say. Um, definitely had lower expectations I think for an accidental pregnancy bromance featuring a blonde man and two disabled dudes. <laughs> um, if I'm being perfectly honest, I'm kind of blown away by the response to it and I'm super grateful for it and I will cry if I think about it for too long. But it's, yeah, that's, it's all happened very, very fast to go from self-publishing 13 months later, releasing a book and announcing, hey, my books are picked up and they're going to be in stores. It's uh, It's very, very much, for lack of a better phrase, a dream come true
0: that's amazing oh like God. I it we have talked so much about how much all of your books mean to us but especially like out on a limb so like for y- hearing that you were like oh I, was, I wasn't expecting this like we just read it and we're so immediately in love and we we will talk about it more in a little bit but just like because
1: i love talking about it
2: yeah it's like <laughs> so do we <laughs> um okay so going back to sort of like the next series one thing that we all realized is that you had such strong like familial relationships and we've talked a lot about too on here how like family relationships um, and like platonic relationships in books can sometimes mean more to us than like the actual romance. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know I think those are relationships that are like more common for like a lot of us to see. So can you just talk a little bit about like how you like, formed um, the family relationships and like were there any things that you like set out to do before writing them like okay I want Chloe to come from this type of family I want Warren to come from mm-hmm. this type of family like especially like mm-hmm. Matt's family I just saw a review mm-hmm. actually on TikTok of a girl who um, was reviewing that book and she talked so much about how she loved Matt's family and especially yeah. everything that you did with like the grief aspect and like honoring the culture it was just mm-hmm. so, like, I was smiling, like, watching her video. It's, like, midnight, and I'm, like, scrolling on TikTok, and I'm just, like, smiling, like, oh, that's so sweet. I feel the same way. So, yeah, if you could talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, yeah I love that question. Um, So, for me, like, I think when I seek out, when I started out writing any of my books, really, like, the base of the character, I think, is, like, childhood, and that's really, like, fundamental for them and who they are. I think, like, not to get too te- technical, but, like, psychology-wise, like, we all really kind of fundamentally who we're going to be by the age of 12 right and so like mm-hmm. without reflecting on that when you're building a character I feel like they oftentimes can feel pretty flat and so what I always seek out to do is really make sure that there's like a pretty intense backstory whether it's on page or not that I just know it and then those t- things kind of like typically leak in in little spots and little glimpses here and there when i whenever i'm writing familial dynamics in my books it's really important to me that they are representative of a wide variety of experiences i think like what romance does really well as a genre is have more diversity and like experience and and kind of backgrounds and stuff than maybe a lot of other genres do because falling in love is a very humbling and kind of spotlight point of life right like everything about someone is under a microscope when they're falling in love because it brings out the best worst in people and so I think that in order to properly portray that you really have to know their family and their dynamic and what they saw love as growing up or what they didn't see love as growing up so like for Chloe and Warren in my first book especially you know Warren grew up in the foster care system. He was never adopted. Um, He has a very absentee father who comes in and out of the picture. And that's reflected in his character and in the way that he is very loyal to the people he cares about, but very closed off to new people. He's not very trusting. And that's like, you know, kind of stems from that. So that was important to his character. With Chloe, it was important to me and my friends who who I spoke with and my sensitivity readers who i who I worked with on the book, that it wasn't just adoption is this magic fix all um because mm-hmm. often adoption is very, very messy and can be very difficult. And so I didn't want Chloe to just have, you know, bad biological mother. Perfect saint, adoptive parents, right? Mm -hmm. I wanted there to be grace and mess to both of those dynamics and both of those um, relationships. So Chloe, throughout the book, is obviously picking up the pieces that her mother is failing to do by taking in her younger sister, by taking in her newborn sister. But she does so in a way without judgment for her for her birth mother. She does it out of love and she does it out of caring for her mom because. She does care for her and she does want what's best for her. And she also has a pretty tumultuous relationship with her adoptive parents because it's really difficult to blend a family. And it's really difficult when you have parents who have very high expectations of you and you're more of a creative spirit and all of these things. Those things are still prevalent in adoptive households as much as they are in every other household, right? So Mm -hmm. not to get too into it, but for me, I just, I really enjoy reading books especially in romance where it's a variety of experiences because then it's like, you're reading it and you're like, I know these people, this person reminds me of my friend or reminds me of me or reminds me of my neighbor or, you know, and it becomes this three-dimensional world. Right. And -hmm. Matt's family was the most fun I've ever had writing. He comes from nine like he is one of nine. His it's a really fun dynamic in their household. They were raised off grid they were homeschooled, um, very like salt of the earth type people, very down to earth. Um, His mother is Samoan and his father is Canadian. And they have this very beautiful outlook on life and this very relaxed demeanor, which was perfect for Matt because that's who Matt is. And Matt is Um, The middle of all nine children. So as he points out in the book, he's kind of Switzerland. He had to be neutral. He had to be the mediator of his family, which really works well for someone like Lane, who is a little bit neurotic and (laughs) needs a whole lot of um, calming
0: presence,
1: Yeah, needs a calming presence, needs patience. And for her and her dynamic, obviously, a big factor in the book is that her father had passed away. She's going through a lot of grief in that aspect. I didn't want it just to be like, oh, I was really close with my dad and I'm not close with my mom. It's just her and her mom are very different people who love each other so very much, but they don't get each other. Mm -hmm. And that's perfectly okay. And I don't know about you guys, but that's like 60% of my friends' relationships with their mothers. It's like, I love that one. Yeah. 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 But you just, we're not the same person and we don't get each other. And she had a twin sister who is like her mom. And does get her mom. And so she was really feeling on the outskirts of that. And that was so pivotal in her grief, too. Right. So it all kind of plays a bigger role. But also, it's so important, I think, for me when I'm writing to know these things about them, because it it impacts every decision they make.
0: Yeah. I remember hearing somebody say one time that they can't start writing their characters until they know what they would order at a diner for breakfast, and why, and I feel like that's exactly what you just said in in, in another yeah. way, just being like if I don't know how they interact with their family, how are they gonna interact as adults yeah. like
2: yeah 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 uh, Lane's sister, you know, I was kind of hoping like is she gonna get a book because things mm. kind of end it like I, like a little crazy for her she had a lot going on in her life. You're
1: I left a lot open Mm -hmm. I think I've said I've said before and I I will keep saying it I would love to go back to the next series someday it's just gonna be a matter of right place right time Mm -hmm. but I am a little bit obsessed with my characters and I even side characters in my books I know everything about them and I know how Liz's story turns out and I know how you know and so like I would love to tell it it's just you know I want to make sure that I'm telling it for the right
2: reasons and it's the right time yeah yeah I'll take it I'll take it
1: yeah, fair it, enough. It would be a really fun <laughs> contrasting stories to kind of write that like type A, you know, like more rigid kind of character would be a lot of fun. Like, I think yeah. I would really enjoy her.
0: Yeah. Um so with your books recently being picked up you announced that there's going to be new covers for all of your full length novels which is so exciting um yeah. I'm curious about a couple things first of all like are you sad to see your indie covers go like I just think they're so cute like I yeah. especially cuz your covers have gone through a couple of iterations for the next series <laughs> yeah. and every iteration is so cute I guess that's the first part of the question is are you are you sad to see these ones go
1: I think I you know I definitely was at first a little I'm a very nostalgic sentimental person so I think Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit like but but change but what do you mean um but honestly like I think it's exciting like it's it is a fresh start it's something new um Mm -hmm. also like I think I'm at the point where I'm thinking to myself okay this is Penguin Random House they know what they're doing (laughs) they know how to sell books so if they want to have new covers shut them get new covers (laughs) like I'm like sure you guys yeah absolutely do what you need to do I'm I'm am I in your way do you need me to get you anything like so (laughs) I think you know I've definitely ordered my fair share of the indie covers just to have you know Mm -hmm. just to keep and look at sometimes i am really excited to see the new ones i've i just saw a sketch <gasps> that Mexican. was my second
0: question is like how involved are you in the process with the new ones
1: they are being so incredibly kind and generous with giving me say and control and pers- like an opinion like i could to be perfectly honest was not expecting it and they're they're really courteous in that way um thankfully they just knocked it out of the friggin' park out the out the gate so I was like I actually have no notes thank you so much um Aww. I was like please send me 500 of these oh, um it, it, it's you know I I obviously I'm I can't just dis- can't describe it too much but it's actually not all I will say it's not all that different it's just simpler and elevated and really beautiful and i think that with the artists that they've hired that artist just really captured especially chloe i got a little bit emotional look i was like oh Aww. that's her like that's Aww. chloe so she came from
2: your brain and now she's here i know
1: it's so weird i'm like <laughs> every part of this i'm like you guys know i just made these people up right <laughs> like, you're like money know. for this like and now you're like putting them on a book like i just made this person up and she exists now but it's, it's just, it's so surreal to see it and then realize that is what's going to be on bookstore shelves. Yeah. Um, wow. because that is like, That's again, incredible. incredibly strange and wonderful and bizarre and cool and magical. So it's just, <laughs> it's just, um, seeing even just a sketch version without color. I was like, Oh, I'm going to cry about this for a few days. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's, it's yeah, I haven't seen anything for next year yet. I know that they are working on that now and hopefully I'll be able to maybe sometime winterish post those. But um, yeah, they'll be out in the new the new year, February, April, and June. The books come out again.
0: Okay. Can you remind me, is the Out on a Limb one also changing? I actually don't a hundred percent know. Okay.
1: I think that's because it's the newest, I'm still really emotionally attached to this cover. I'm gonna be honest. That is the one where I'm I'm a little bit more hesitant to want change. I think mm. it just really enca- captures their vibe. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. Um. You know, I I don't know. Just because they've ca- like we've kind of been working in it where it's like we're thinking about the next series and then we're thinking about out on a limb. So sure. I, I don't know yet. My my gut tells me that they probably will make some changes, if not change it completely, but. We'll see. I definitely will be again stocking up on the indie covers (laughs) to have. Uh, Bittersweet, but very, very exciting.
2: So exciting. Um, Okay, so we've already like sort of touched on this earlier, but out on a limb, we're finally here. Um, You released that back in July, as you said, and you talked a little bit about how it's been like a whirlwind of an experience for you. But if there's anything else that you wanted to share about like that writing that book it coming out like the new readers you've gained like how has Mm -hmm. everything been oh my god (laughs) Um, I don't know how to I I'm I'm
1: such a crier I'm so sorry if I cry I I'm just like really blown away Mm. so this comes out you said the 14th right Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. so it'll be just it'll just be over two months of out on a limb being out which is bizarre in itself because
0: it feels like it's been out so much longer
1: it feels like it's mean, been forever it came out july 11th yeah so just two months but uh, i <laughs> i had no idea what to expect i i knew that like with my first book you know like you really really don't know if two people are going to read it or 200 people or 2000 people or 200,000 like it's really an unknown you get a bit of a better idea with your second. And then with your third, you're thinking, okay, like there's some people here that are excited for this. Like you can feel, you know, I'm not asking people to read arcs anymore. They're asking me if they can read an arc. Like it's a bit of a different vibe, but I had no idea just how much it would be embraced by the bookstagram and talk community so quickly and so lovingly. I mean, I can't even fathom the amount of people that have already read it in just two months it's it actually hurts my brain a little to think about Mm -hmm. in the best way possible I, i when i was writing it i say in my acknowledgements i made this book everyone's problem like i had so many um of my friends just constantly sending chapters and being like is this too vulnerable is this too close to lived experience because for anyone listening who might not know, I am I have the same disability that Wynne in Add on a Limb has, the exact same, completely the same. And I really knew I wanted to tell this story and I really knew that I wanted it to be about her journey into motherhood because that was the time in my life that I felt the least prepared for. Having grown up with a disability, there's a lot of things that you kind of naturally learn you can't or can do, but you can't practice for motherhood. You can't practice for that 24-7 care of a child. And it was really incredibly scary and daunting. And from speaking with people in the disabled community with varying disabilities, it's always something that's been on the front of people's minds is whether I should have kids or shouldn't have kids, whether I can have kids or can't have kids. Like That is a very touchy subject for disabled people, I would say. And so I knew when I was going to write this story about someone with my disability, I wanted it to be an accidental pregnancy. That just felt like asking too much from the reader. Accidental pregnancy is not the most popular trope. People have very strong opinions about it online. (laughs) Um, And that's so valid. And that's, perfectly okay and then there's obviously people who don't read it for very very valid reason and it's triggering and that should be mentioned and that's important too i just mean in the sense that even people who don't necessarily have those triggers are kind of like why would i want to read about a baby in a room right i i felt like okay this is the story i want to tell and i have to just accept the fact that it might not do well it might just be for me and hopefully People in my community read it and love it and it means something to them too. And when I was writing it, like I said, it felt oftentimes like I was being too vulnerable or I was leaving too much on the page or, hey, is this relatable? Like has Wynne become too niche in her worries and her insecurities? And and so when I say I made it everyone's problem, what I mean is like I was constantly getting checks from other people to kind of be like, no, like it's okay, you're doing fine. Cause it, it was the most nerve wracking I've ever felt like while writing. It was, it was very daunting and it was difficult. Like, I think a lot of authors want to kind of separate themselves from the art to a certain extent, especially once it's out, because with putting out art comes critique and it's really hard if you feel like that's critique of you. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that this was the first time I felt like there's no separating this like this Mm -hmm. is me and a lot of my husband and I and our dynamic and our history on page Mm -hmm. and so it was just really intimidating but like to go from being in this kind of place of fear of before it coming out to then this place now where it's like it's my most popular book within two months it's you know, trending and it's charting on Amazon and it's it's like being super well-received. I don't think I can ever fully properly express how affirming that is Mm -hmm. and how just like outside of author to reader experience, outside of all of book-ish world, it's so affirming just for me as a disabled person to be like, oh, Mm -hmm this story it wasn't limited in its audience it wasn't Mm -hmm. limited to who wanted it or who was going to read it and it's just a really beautiful and incredible thing and like I don't think I'll be over it for the rest of my life if I'm being honest like I I could talk about it and how grateful I am for forever so I will I'll stop
2: now but I but (laughs) I I um, feel like the more the more specific that like artists get in their work, the more universally mm-hmm. accepted it, it becomes. Like, so I think that's like so beautiful that you did take that risk of being so vulnerable on page because now you have so many people who are like, oh my gosh, like I related to this so much. Like even if they don't go through the exact same experience, it's like the emotions and the feelings are still there. So uh, it's just such a beautiful story. Like I'm like getting emotional with you. I know. You. <laughs>
0: I know in in relation to what you just said like you wrote this like really really beautiful forward in the book and also an Instagram post months before the book came out and just talking about how this story is just full of disabled joy and mm-hmm. the book is filled with so much love and humor and like truly joy like that is just the best word to describe it like this book made my heart just like so mushy and soft and so you kind of touched on it a little bit but can you can you talk a little bit about like wanting to write that disabled joy as like you said speaking as somebody yeah. who has exact same disability as when exactly
1: disabled. yeah I mean I think ri- really when it started was I I had put out a request for books with limb difference representation or mm-hmm. disability representation with some sort of limb difference and a lot of them I have read and a lot of them I love I think Typically, what I've noticed, though, is they are all more on the angstier side, like there was a horrific accident Mm. and someone's recovering from that or um, a lot of like veteran stories with amputees, like stuff like that, which are, again, super important and also stories definitely worth telling and sharing. It just occurred to me that there weren't a lot of stories about people who were born with their disability like I was and therefore kind of learned to embrace it and had kind of gotten to a point in adulthood where it is funny and it is, you know, easy to make fun of. And it is how far can you take the joke before you make someone uncomfortable, right? Because that's, I think once you get comfortable in a relationship with anybody who has any sort of difference or disability, it... it It becomes the butt of a joke, right? Because that's a marker of comfortability. And so what I really wanted to do with Out on a Limb is I wanted to put people at ease. I wanted people to see disabled people having great sex and be sexy. I wanted them to not infantilize disabled people because it's like, hey, they're adults and they can have really steamy scenes and they can have super serious conversations. But also, it's okay to laugh it's okay that it's a little bit different, a little bit silly. Like, you know, I, when I wrote their meet cute, which is them meeting at Halloween, wearing pirate costumes, because he makes a joke out of his quote unquote big leg. And she makes a joke by wearing a hook for a hand. How could they not be soulmates when yeah. their humor connects that way, right? So it's like, I, I think that what I wanted to do with, the aspect of, you know, and I said disabled joy in my, in my author's note. And I, and I mean that in the sense where it's like, they actually spend a lot of the book celebrating each other's bodies and celebrating each other's differences Mm -hmm. and making jokes out of it and making light of it. And the people around them do too. Like Bo's dad is relentless with his jokes about Bo's leg. And it's because it sets everybody at ease and it makes everybody realize, Hey, it's not that serious. It's not, that it's not that deep. Like it's, it's not everything they are. It's not some massive tragedy. It's, you know, most people in my life don't remember that I have a disability. Most people in my life don't even notice the first few times they meet me. And most people in my life make fun of me a lot, <laughs> especially my husband. Um, and I wanted to encapsulate that because it's not something that I feel like people often feel comfortable with. And mm-hmm mixing the humor and the spice and the levity in this book was super important because I just wanted it to feel like everybody just be comfortable. It's okay. You're allowed to laugh, you know, get a new perspective, learn about what it's like to maybe have to think through your day and think through different challenges when you have a disability, but also like win's not that different from everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: along with, you know, the comfortability of win and Bo with each other, and the humor Uh, another thing about this book that I think a lot of people love or the reason that they love it is because it feels really realistic and like as romance readers you know we love when a book has drama when it's got really big gestures, crazy plot points. Like we love a mafia romance or a dark romance, you know, whatever. Um, But I think what's so special again about this book is that it's realistic. And so, you know, we feel like when in Bo could be like walking down the street and, you know, we could pass them on the street or something They could be our neighbors. We could play D and D with them, you know, what have you. So when, when you were kind of crafting their story, like was that something that you were consistently thinking about or did that just kind of happen naturally as, as the story progressed,
1: I definitely think it's it's something that I've been conscious of with all of my books. I think more so win and bow because again, I wanted it to I really wanted to drill home the point that they aren't different right like and so the more mundane their day to day was and the more it was a scene of them sipping tea on the couch and making fun of each other or going for a drive. And talking about nothing or washing dishes or, you know, moving furniture or dancing or what, you know, it was just them being home and being in the mundane and being kind of, like you said, people you could pass by on the street or people that, you know, you feel like you, you could live out that love story in a very approachable way is important to me because it's like, life isn't grand gestures and kidnapping and accidental, like, you know, like, (laughs) like, oh no, we woke up in Vegas and we're married. Like it's, it's, those are so fun. And it's so, it's so important to have those stories too. But I think like what I want to contribute to romance as a genre and what I hope I continue and am able to continue to do is these stories where people feel like, This is approachable for me. I could have this. And also, just like, you know, I think a lot of the times it's like, oh, men, I wish like men like this were real. I really like writing men that I know, that are my friends' husbands, that are my husband, that are sweet, kind, earnest, honest men do exist. And I think that like the more it's just like, oh, the sweet thing in this book is that like he remembered her, how she takes her coffee or Mm -hmm. he got up with the baby because she needed to sleep or he's an acts of service guy and like stays late to help paint her bus like these things in my books aren't like oh my gosh no one would ever do that in real life it's it's reminding people like hey wait for your person like wait for the person that makes you feel special like wait for the person because someone out there will do that like someone out there will Mm -hmm. care about you enough to to you know to do these things. Yeah. And I think with bow and wind too, it was so much just how do you pass 40 weeks of pregnancy? <laughs> you know, like you, you just live it and it's long and it's draining. I think anyone who's been pregnant can tell you how long and tiring and monotonous pregnancy can feel. So if every day was this super big adventure and super big drama, it would be like, oh my gosh, this pregnancy has been going on for <laughs> 50 years. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, So it was kind of a challenge in that sense too. But I think the People really have responded to it, which is which was great because I was worried about it. is just, you know, there nothing really happens. <laughs> like out on the limb, like not to not sell it to people, but like nothing really happens. They kind of just hang out and f- mm. slowly fall in love. and it's it's like you just get to watch it and it's really
2: fun. My cheeks hurt, so I'm smiling. (laughs) That's how I sold it to Brandy. I was like, it's very low stakes, but it felt so nice. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So many times the three of us talk about how, like, what are our couples that we would read about doing the dishes? you know taking the trash out doing like doing mundane things like you were talking about and so i think you know win and bo literally fall <laughs> into this exact category cuz we see them doing those things and yeah every single time we were like oh my god we love them so much
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh <sighs> yeah yeah which like as a side note like my boyfriend of seven years and Kayla's husband are both like huge fucking nerds so like (laughs) having a nerd male main character was just like such a treat I was like my boyfriend Mm -hmm. plays D&D my boyfriend gets anxious in crowds like
1: yes dude every time someone messages me and they're like can I where do I get a bow do I get him on Amazon like ha 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 I'm like you go to a comic book store or you go to a, a store where they sell dice or you literally. go like you're overthinking it like yeah, my boyfriend literally has
0: so many sets of dice it's, yeah
3: every every other saturday is D at our house so <laughs> okay now i want to you know become, what you thought of the dnd scene did it feel did it feel okay, okay, i have to be honest i haven't yeah. played Okay, they oh, But it okay. did feel realistic in terms of just like all of them at our table. They're literally
0: at my house, you guys, for like eight hours every Saturday. Oh my I God, you guys
3: gotta leave. You guys I gotta was leave.
0: so obsessed with the fact that like Wynn and her bestie sat there and watched them play because that's what happens to me I'm like oh Daniel's such a nerd because he'll be like watching playthroughs on YouTube and I'm like ha 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 what a nerd I love him so much and then all of a sudden I'm sitting there like eating popcorn watching with him I'm yeah. like wait what so what does that mean what just happened what just happened like, I-, I was like, like yeah. haven- yes exactly <laughs> so I thought it was a great scene I thought it was perfect I'm surprised if you're doing that Randy you haven't joined their campaign Daniel doesn't have a campaign he watches playthroughs huh. And he oh, plays with his family oh, okay. sometimes.
1: Um. Okay. 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 Uh, yeah. Just want to say. Sorry. That there. There. <laughs> no. I love. I no. Because I mean, again, like definitely based on a lot of those nerdiness on my husband. Like, yeah. I my, <laughs> I he's gonna hate me for talking about this, <laughs> but like I don't know if you guys remember the part of the book where they're waiting for their ultrasound. Wins a little bit nervous, so he's distracting her with a story about his first kiss. Do you recall mm-hmm. this? But, yes. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about how he plays the saxophone. And mm-hmm. he was he playing the, the saxophone, saxophone at like a school sleepover. <laughs> and he accidentally kisses the girl on her on her nose instead of her lips. That is my husband. That oh. I know that. Except my husband played the tuba, which is arguably so much more dorky. So I, I was like, maybe the tuba is a, a step too far for... <laughs> for a romance novel my,
0: Hannah, <laughs> i was a in, french horn major so i yeah. definitely dated a tuba player in college i i feel <laughs> like so funny
1: we're gonna need to start a D campaign yeah um <laughs> oh my god yeah i'll learn it's, to play my husband my husband <laughs> played the trombone
3: so there you go
1: this is what i'm saying ladies go to
2: the wind section of the music store <laughs> or... <laughs> oh my god uh, mm. that's so funny Without spoiling it too much, there is a specific scene in Out of Limb where Wynn and Bo discuss whether or not their child will share their physical disabilities, mm. um, and this is easily one of the most like touching and emotional scenes in the entire book. Can you walk us through like the importance of that scene? I also would say like I feel like that was one of the most realistic scenes in the book too, because like it's it was almost like uncomfortable in a sense like to see them like have to deal with that, but like that's something that anyone would be thinking about. So yeah, yeah if you could just like walk us through
1: that yeah so for anyone who maybe hasn't gotten there or hasn't read the book yet um Wynne has a a limb difference from birth Bo has a limb difference after an illness he has had an amputation so there it never I in my opinion it never really occurred to Bo that maybe Wynne's condition would be genetic but I think that it definitely occurred to Win, as we saw in her inner thoughts in that scene. They go for their anatomy scan, which is when the baby is kind of more fully formed about the halfway through pregnancy. You know, they're going through and the, the nurse, um, the technician is saying, okay, and here's baby's this and oh, this looks great and heart's doing this and this is good and this is what we like to see and blah, blah, blah. And she's kind of thinking, okay, yeah, great. Okay. Okay. Let me see if I can see what's going on. Like, let me see if, does the baby have fingers? Okay. I can't see. And she's kind of getting herself worked up. And, you know, in that moment, I think what they kind of, what I wanted to portray was just this unease within myself and other disabled people, which is how can I say that I love myself a hundred percent, including my disability, that I wouldn't want to change my disability, that I wouldn't want to have it any other way that I I want this is the body I want and this is the community I am proud to be a part of and also fear it for my child because of how difficult it is because the world is not built for disabled people it's not built for accessibility for every body and so what I wanted to reflect in that scene is how two feelings can really coexist at once which is I, being Win, (laughs) can love myself and accept myself and not want myself any other way, but also fear for a child that I would have to raise to overcome what I've overcome and to be picked on or bullied or treated differently or infantilized or just get frustrated. You know, simple things like tying your shoes for me as a kid, right? Like, not so fun when you're the kid in the fourth grade class that's being like, oh, why are you wearing different shoes from everybody else? It's just little stuff that you realize and you want to protect your kids from because that's all you want as a parent is to protect your kids. But then also, she has this immediate regret for feeling those things because she thinks to herself, but this community is a wonderful thing to be a part of. And Growing up this way has taught me to have empathy for communities that I'm not a part of, for other marginalized groups and people, realizing that, you know, there is a type of person and that the world is built for to thrive and everyone else is kind of one step behind or two steps behind or three steps behind. And being a part of any sort of marginalized group really teaches you that empathy and that sympathy that you you just can't really learn that easily and so she has all of these mixed feelings and she expresses them to beau and and i think that exchange where he says you know trying not to spoil anything for that but where he says you know of course i'd want them to have every part of you you're perfect yeah. Yeah. he's not just saying like he would be okay with it he's not going you know we'll figure it out or we'll make it work he's saying no, like, there's nothing wrong Mm -hmm. with you. You're perfect. I want my kid to be exactly like you. Which I think isn't just affirming for someone who's disabled, but for anybody. Like, everybody wants Mm -hmm. to feel like there is someone who loves them so much that they would want to miniaturize them, essentially. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, (laughs) I want Mm -hmm. a tinier version of you. Um, Like, it's – and – you know that scene it's it's interesting that you say it felt so realistic and a little bit uncomfortable because it was uncomfortable to write like mm. because it was something that i knew was going to be in the book since the idea came to me and it was something that was very 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 close to my husband and i's lived experience with our 20 week ultrasound for our pregnancy and writing that was cathartic in a way and really healing in a way but also Again, that like icky, vulnerable feeling that I talked yeah. about earlier. So, mm-hmm. I it I'm I'm almost glad it comes across as a little bit uncomfortable, maybe because it's uncomfortable. Yeah, it, it, there's discomfort in it. Either way, it could have gone, there would have been discomfort.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I and I think that that's worth acknowledging too, right? Is it's Yeah. It wasn't like okay, baby doesn't have a limb difference. Perfect, everything's good oh, baby does have a limb difference. Okay, perfect. Everything's good. There's discomfort on both ends.
0: Yeah. yeah. I just love them so much. Awesome. I love the way that they think about each other and speak about each other and speak to each other about how they feel about each other. Again, just like touching on that, like realistic aspect of like, this is what it feels like when somebody really, really loves you. And I just mm-hmm. like, I, I love that they're each other's like soft place to land and yeah. biggest cheerleaders and somebody that they can tell every... Every thought that's going through their head, even before they become romantically intertwined, the way they treat each other as friends is just so, so beautifully done. I love this book so much. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Um, Speaking of that just, like, you know, soft place to land, person you love so much, um, we talk about, like, quotes or scenes that get stuck in our head all the time. And something I've thought about, like, literally every day since I read it, like, three weeks ago was when Beau said, I love you so much, it makes me feel like I've hated everything else in my life up till now. Oh my God. <laughs> do you have like a favorite quote you've ever written
1: uh, or like something that you think about often? I do. I think that one's a contender for sure. I think my favorite is from Next to You Matt's Letters. Uh, um, oh, those are we, so good. Oh, oh, wow. That was a really visceral reaction from all three of you. That was very rewarding. Uh, <laughs> so good. Um, but i think when matt says um you know like you've ruined me do it again mm-hmm. do, it, do it again like mm. I, he was down
2: so bad for, for so years well, he
3: lane says she says are you flirting with me and then he's like yeah for a while now
1: Yeah, thanks for noticing that. Yeah, so cute. That was just so cute. Of course, sweet, sweet, Matt. just trying his best, yearning so hard. Yeah, I think when he, I think probably, I think my favorite line. Do you mean from my books, or am I being, am I being self-centered right now? Do you mean no, no? I was was asking asking from your favorite you've ever written five seconds ago. Where I was like, did she mean from any book, and I said, no, yours for sure, yours. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Thank God, that would have been, I would have been like, actually, I'm going to leave now. <laughs> I think probably it's, um, I don't know it anymore. That's really embarrassing. But it's, it's the part where Matt says to Lane something along the lines of, like, because she's very afraid of death, and she's very afraid mm-hmm. of leaving behind because of all of her grief and all of these things. And so he says to her something along the lines of, you know, yeah, but if we were infinite beings... I wouldn't love you this much. I would get lazy with it because we'd have time. The love I have for you is urgent. Like I need to, I need to show you my love every day because we don't (laughs) know how much time we have. And it's like this way of him saying, I love you so much, but also like comforting her worries and her fears in, in tandem is just, I think that was, I think that might've been one of the only times I've cried while writing.
2: Wow. Mm -hmm.
1: Like, I will often cry when I'm reading things back, but I don't often cry while actually typing out the words. And I think I just, I, it was like, I was writing the words I needed to hear. Like, sometimes you do that to yourself as a writer. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, yeah. Like, (laughs) it's It's like, I don't want to think of this as borrowed time. I want, I want this forever. And I'm, it's scary and it's vulnerable to love someone so much that you're terrified of losing them. And so it's, you know, writing that in a sense was like confronting my fears and Lane's fears all at once. So I think that's probably, but I, I, I do really love when Bo says, you know, I love so much. It makes me feel like I've hated everything else. Like
0: mm-hmm. that.
1: I, yeah, I love that. I've, I'm for sure.
0: I read that and I went, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Whoa. Oh my God.
2: My favorite Matt quote ones. is they there. I think they're, Ha- they're fucking in the bus and he's like, I forget, I forget <laughs> verbatim what he says, but he's like, on the bed that I built. I was like, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he, she's like, that's when she's not being very patient and he's like, mm-hmm. this is the plan, girl. Like, yeah. You're going to sit there and you're going to wait and then we're going to get back <laughs> to the bus and I'm going to have you on the bed that yeah. I built. He's like, don't forget it. He's like, I carved my Sorry. name on that bed post. Yes. <laughs>
2: oh, that was like, <laughs> <laughs> that was such a good, especially because like he's like so like sweet and swoony yes. and like oh so to hear him say that I was like gagged. I was like, oh my god, like Daryl Matt is my, is my favorite. Yeah.
0: And I feel like so often when we get these like so sweet golden retriever men, like sometimes their dirty talk can feel out of place. Mm-hmm. But that is not the case with any of your male main characters because they have this like like so much love. It's their like their aggression counterparts
1: yeah yes <laughs> it's like of course they feel this way like they're overcome with She's it overwhelmed oh, yeah my gosh it, yeah it's because yeah. i make yeah. them all like really pain for it first
3: that's kind of the uh. perfect segue into one of our last questions that we have so thank you kendra for mm-hmm. telling us that beautiful matt quote you're welcome um, i'll always be horny for you guys no <laughs> <laughs> um so then let's talk a little bit about sex scenes okay so how do you go about crafting (laughs) sex scenes for your characters (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) like you have to get in the mood like do you find it awkward like are you giggling like are you just like all right i just gotta let me just real quick like
1: i'm gonna be so honest like i feel like every time i write a sex scene it's like the reward like I'm like I'm like it's like, I a reward. Did, it's like a reward uh very much um out on a limb we have sex in like chapter three so I was kind of like I don't deserve this yet but like <laughs> but all my other books I it's so fun I love writing intimacy and in sex scenes like I think that that's why i I'm, couldn't imagine writing a different genre because I'm like well what do you mean I can't have people fucking like that's not fun Mm -hmm. um like what do you mean there's no face sitting in this like what (laughs) um but I think like for me I mean obviously like it's a mixture of like you read different things from different books and you're like oh like I haven't heard it worded like that before okay like store that away for later or you know you're watching a movie and you're like oh the way he like I don't know if you guys watch um (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if you guys watched The Summer I Turned Pretty I saw the you first know? season I okay, my, my apologies I'm about to be really obnoxious then but in the second season I've seen, fifth, it. I've seen it Okay, where he like grabs her face in a certain yeah. way and I literally paused it to write down a description of it because I was like that is going in a book so it's like sometimes stuff like that Um, I'm not going to front and be like none of it is based on my husband and I like I don't know how to like say that in a cool chill way but like you know, like I think writing it, it I'm not really giggly when I'm writing it. Like I'm, I'm pretty like into it. <laughs> but I'm like, this is yeah, serious like- business. It's, again, a bit, a bit different with Bow and Wynn because their first sex scene, especially, they're kind of like riffing on each other and like making fun of each other a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that was like a little bit more giggly oh. because I was like, these two dorks, like they're funny. So funny. Um. So, but I, does that answer your question? I feel like I blacked out a little. Yes.
2: yeah no that yeah, was perfect I'm, was I'm curious about your search history one time <laughs> oh Sophie Lark who's who's <laughs> an author she posted her search history while she because she writes very spicy books and yes. it was I <laughs> think it was like pussy and ash from the back and I was like oh my god Sophie like so how like I know you said you're like reading stuff and watching stuff but like how yeah. crazy how did search history get
1: I don't I'm trying to think like I don't think I've ever googled anything or searched anything to like to really like get a clear picture I think the only thing I've ever done is like synonyms for words where I'm like how many times can someone say thrust or like Mm -hmm. grind or you know like so like there was one day where my husband came downstairs he like brought me a cup of tea he's like hey how's it how's it going today like have you met your word count goal I'm like yeah you know um, I'm actually way over it because I got to a sex scene so now I'm like I'm gonna be writing for 2,000 words because there's no stopping now mm-hmm. um because it's always like I can't give them I can't get them almost there that's like rude to them they have to finish yep. now right, right. So, and so I'm like I open my tabs and he looks at my computer and it's like synonym for like ass synonym for thrust synonym for like <laughs> it's like all of like <laughs> and he's just like I'm really glad you pay the bills. Like,
2: like.
1: Um, I'll see you later, and I'm like, thank you so much.
0: I'm curious, then.
3: So, lots of romance readers talk about like words that, um, give them kind of like like the ick. Yeah, like, like like I have so many. You know, like, okay, what are yours then? Like, you you won't see these words in my sex scenes, is what you're saying. you won't see these.
1: And full disclaimer. I'm speaking directly into the mic. No, um, I don't, I'm not mad at you for using these words. I'm not mad at your favorite book. It's okay. I love every book ever I've ever read. I promise. Um, every book. Every book I've ever read. Perfect. No complaint. <laughs> Wet Tunnel. Mm. Um, oh. Anything, anything channel or tunnel. I'm like. Channel is, yeah. Channel's channel word. I yes. don't really like creaming or (laughs) it It
0: has a time and a place no i was gonna say i read this book over the summer and he kept calling it a tight pink hole Ah! (laughs) that i'm so sorry for that noise that just came out of my mouth that was i over and over i was like once i was like "Mm." and then it kept happening one right I
1: her vagina. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm
0: like, I say that
3: more delicately. <laughs> we've said or, we've said worse on this podcast. Brandi, or um,
1: I think also like there's just some things where like with dirty talk, where there's a when you read a contemporary romance, and they say things like "I'd burn the world down for you," and it's like you're an accountant. Like, yeah. it ain't that serious. <laughs> Like a normal, civilian. normal <laughs> civilian act like it act like so, it. Like, sometimes i feel like i i read a lot of fantasy and therefore like those those people could get away with anything just sure. to oh. mm-hmm. just to be perfectly clear you could sure. you could have wet channel um to the hilt <laughs> to yeah. the hilt where, uh, tells
3: me that he'll burn the world down for me i believe him yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. i believe but him. then when i'm reading a contemporary romance and it's not and it's not a dark romance like i mean like you're a fluffy you know day-to-day people and they're like like I'm gonna blank this blank until you bl-. like okay okay Greg. calm down yeah like, like okay Kev like you know like dial it back like let's all remember who we are here like oh um and
0: then the next day they're like going back to not talking yeah yeah, yeah like, okay,
1: oh, okay okay or um yeah, I think I think probably if I had to choose milking would be my least favorite. Mm. Because I I can never read that and not immediately right. imagine someone going to town on an udder. <laughs> and it's like that's not an image I wanted right now. I'm trying to have a good time.
0: Oh my God. Wow. Uh, well, your sex scenes are very well done. <laughs> um I True. will
2: say it was it was to keep the horny vibes going, it was so hot and out on a limb when Bo put his cum back inside of her. I was gagging. It. I was like, "Oh my god, this man!" That was the first time I ever warned my mother about a sex scene
1: before she read it. I was like, "Hey, man. mom, um, just so you know, just so you know, there's this thing that the girlies love in accidental <laughs> pregnancy romances that it's like if I don't do it, they will be mad at me. So it's not your daughter who wanted this; it's it no.
2: on me." Yeah, yeah, I
1: did. And, and I did, and I would do yeah, it again. Um, and and, I, and you know what? When I wrote that, I was like, "Am I into this?" So I, am. I learned something new about myself in this yeah. process. I was like, "Okay, like he really uh, wanted that baby." Um,
0: he, he just like wanted so many babies with her that at the end, I was like, "Yes, starting lineup. Like they're building an entire team right now. Like oh my god, that they're man so cannot hot.
1: stop impregnating her. It's actually He's getting like, out of hand."
2: I love a breeder, like, oh I have a little
1: bit of a breeding kink, I'm sorry, like, it's true,
0: it's <laughs> true, it's true, yeah. that's like, okay, Twins. speaking of, like, things in accidental pregnancy that I love, like, when I'm sharing so much about myself right now, as somebody with no intention of ever getting pregnant in my life, I am obsessed with when the male main character's like, you are never sexier than when you are right now when they're, like, very pregnant. I'm like, fuck yeah.
1: Like, yeah. get it. And like you do baby. anything. Like, yeah. Oh my,
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I-, I like that
1: our description of Bo, like, <laughs> just took such a harsh turn. Like, when in reality, he's this, me. like, lanky, like, <laughs> saxophone playing dork. <laughs> like, oh. He has his moments
3: you mentioned that um you were like nervous not necessarily nervous but like it's an accidental pregnancy book with a blonde male love interest um what made you made him blonde make him blonde
1: I'm gonna be so honest I love him to be so clear yeah I tried so hard to change his hair color in my head and I just couldn't it was like I I know that this makes me sound a little bit strange but my characters straight up introduce themselves to me like i don't have a say over it like mm-hmm. they are what they look like and it's like i can't change that um and so it was that was beau and i was like yeah. cute like sandy blonde like
0: yeah like <laughs> yeah. you know
1: i remember when you posted that
0: on instagram you were like, yeah it's a very dark blonde <laughs> dark blonde okay, okay. let <laughs> me <Like>, live, live.
3: <laughs> This year, I think though, if I'm being like so honest with myself, I've come to the realization that ugh, I think I actually do like blonde men because, like, if I think about like some of my favorite romance books, so many of the men are blonde. i I, yeah.
1: I personally don't like i I feel like I'm not like unattracted to blonde men in general or like blonde people in general. I think that, you know, I don't care about hair color. I just I just know that people again, have very strong opinions about it.
3: Yeah.
1: um, so I was kind of like, what if, like what if it was dark like and and it would just, every time i would start describing him it would be blonde again i'm like shit okay like yeah like, uh you're like this is him but it's funny though because the other day someone was like so warren has a buzz cut but like what color is his hair like when it's grown out and i was like oh my god i don't know i have no idea so he could That's be blonde so for all we know it's none of our business
2: yeah <laughs> who's, to say? Um, who's to say do you have a fan cast for a um, I don't really I have people
1: like on my Pinterest boards that are like magazine models that are Just like talk your
0: Pinterest boards.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I very much see them as. But um honestly, like I haven't fully seen a picture where I'm like that is them. Mm. I think mostly because of their limb differences, like it would be a friggin' miracle to see yeah. them actually look like fully, you know. I I think the only time I've ever really fan-casted was like Matt and Lane. Like in my second book, where's like Matt to me was like a younger Jason Momoa.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And Lane is this like Russian YouTuber who I cannot remember the name of right now, but has pink hair and her tattoos and like her kind of like shape and everything and like i was just like oh my god she's walking around and talking like this is the first (laughs) time um (laughs) so but no most of the time it's just kind of like i get an idea of them and then i try to find the closest thing on pinterest or wherever else oh my gosh hannah thank you so
0: much for being here with us today it's been so 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 much fun fun. can i
1: do this again sometime please (laughs) okay yeah, you guys, you guys have a great podcast too. Like, it's oh, I listen, you. I listen to it with my husband in the car. He thinks you guys are very funny, just for what that's worth. Um, he's like, at the other day, like he was like, and that's that's Friday, right? That you're gonna be on Bring Your Own. I was like, Aww, yeah. That's so nice. And he's just like, that's okay, oh like, I can't wait to listen. It's gonna be so weird to like hear your voice in
2: the car. I was like, okay. Aww. And then he's gonna that's he's so gonna funny. hear you talk about the second his first kiss. <laughs> so, yeah. <His> first kiss. <laughs> First I, what else I,
1: I dedicated this book to him? Okay, like he, like yeah, whatever. Yeah, he, <laughs>
2: which, by the way, he keeps telling me is the reason for its success. Mm,
0: and um, he's
2: like, well, I obviously so for us, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. You see this Amazon bestseller? I'm in the dedication. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I would not shut up. It was funny because I got oh. a message where someone
1: was like, "Is Ben your husband or your kid?" and I was like. Didn't really specify, did I? <laughs> Imagine dedicating your book to one child and not
0: the other, though. That
1: someday when they're like eighteen and older, I'll be like, mm, "Who was the favorite child this year?" Yeah,
0: yeah. let <laughs> <laughs> me give you a book. <laughs> Merry Christmas! I dedicated a book to you. Yeah. Don't read it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you're not read it. <laughs> amazing. Out on a limb is well, all of your books, um, the next series, and Out on a Limb are all on Ku still, right? no No. okay the next series the next series is no longer on ku still available for purchase on amazon um out on limb is still on kindle unlimited um through the end of the year yeah until january 6th okay amazing
3: and um the next series and uh your novella is on hoopla the audiobooks yeah, are so yeah, you can get you them
0: there as well because that's how i listen to them so uh thank you so much for being here again and it's just so yeah. fun everybody yeah. everybody go read the out if haven't yeah, oh, yeah. yeah
1: book of the year oh yeah stop
2: it's gonna make a lot of yearly roundups. oh 100 for sure 100 like, mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, there are gonna be so many people be like yeah. top 10 top 10 it'll be on everyone's top 10
3: ah. yeah yes locked in Oh, I can love it. I prepare so for, for that back again
1: now? <laughs> this is so good for my like self esteem. Like, thank you, <laughs> You can no, even no. come uh, back
3: just for like one of our regular like episodes, not necessarily where we're interviewing
1: you. you can just come oh hang out. Gosh, yeah, just, like I'll be your honorary. It's like I'm the Frankie Jonas to your
3: Jonas. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I Yay. Yay.
1: Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.